Hey sister, this is Misty Williams, founder of HealingRosie.com, and I'm so excited to welcome you to Rosie Radio. Tune in to find clarity, direction, and hope for your healing. New episodes drop every Tuesday. We created this show to empower you to regain control of your life and feel like yourself again. Yes, sister, it is possible. Super excited today to have my friend Gretchen Bronson on Rosie Radio. And if you have been part of our community for a while, you are familiar with Gretchen. I have brought Gretchen in to talk to the women who are in Healing Rosie University. She's done lots of training around um, health insurance. How do you get your health insurance to cover stuff? Um, it's a it's a beast and it's overwhelming. And um, I feel really fortunate that she has done so much to contribute to educating all of us on how the whole health insurance puzzle works. We're going to actually talk about that a little bit today. But I met Gretchen a decade ago when my journey started. It's actually been 11 years uh, as of the time of this recording. Um, when I first started grappling with, oh my gosh, something's happening in my body and my doctors are gaslighting me <laughs> and telling me that everything's fine and normal when it's not. So uh, my journey took me into a community that I was um, managing at the time where I met Gretchen and she was such a shining light for all of us. It was really wonderful to have someone who was experienced with um, navigating the system because at the time that's, that's all we knew to work with, right? In the last 10 years, I've certainly found things that are more outside the box than we had at our disposal at the time. Um, but Gretchen was kind of a, a mama bear for all of us. She taught us a lot about um, understanding our health goals and how do we find a doctor that's going to actually support us. We're going to talk more about that on this interview today too. And, you know, what do we do when um, we're being told that our labs are normal and everything is fine? You know, what do we do when our insurance company is like, those treatments are outside the box. You're not going to get them covered. Um, there's a lot to this journey that's maddening, you know? So I have appreciated my friendship with Gretchen all these years. I'm so grateful that she is part of our community um, here at Healing Rosie and that she's um, one of the faculty of Healing Rosie University. I've actually never said it like that before, um, but she's a great teacher and friend. And we're going to have an awesome conversation today. She, When I met Gretchen, she had a different career path. She was, it, was her, it was her former career life. And since I got to know her, she has gone to school to become a registered nurse. She's become a personal trainer. Um, and nutritionist. And, you know, she has been so committed to this path for herself that she's learned a lot and all of that learning lights her up. And she decided that she wanted to take all of this and, and be a contribution to all of us. So I'm super grateful you're here, Gretchen. I'm glad to join you, Misty. As always, I, I enjoy uh, when we get together and we're able to help the community that's out there that's struggling to fix themselves. Yes, that's right. That's what we want to do is fix ourselves. So I want to talk about finding a doctor because when I first started out, this was the biggest maddening pain point. I, I beat my head against the wall. Um, I went from doctor to doctor, even moving into what you think are going to be the better doctors, right? So I found an, an integrative medicine doctor who had all sorts of credentialing that kind of did the same. He would at least order my labs for me, but I got the same gaslighting ultimately from him that I had my other doctors. And I found a functional medicine nurse practitioner in Nashville that ultimately dismissed me from her practice. It wasn't actually her. It was whoever was over her because apparently she was going through some life stress and me saying, I need to see you more. Like, don't just refer me out. I, I need more help um, was a deal breaker for their practice. <laughs> I didn't want to help me more. Um, so it's been really challenging finding a doctor. I've, I'm fortunate that now I've been with the same doctor for eight years. That seems like a really long time for me after, you know, going from doctor to doctor to doctor. So um, let's talk a little bit about building that relationship with your doctor, like how do we find good doctors? Where do we go? And you had a really great strategy for kind of interviewing the doctor. And I'd love for you just to talk to us a little bit more about that. 
So I think when it comes to finding a doctor, you have to figure out first, what are your goals um, health-wise? Um, where your comfort zone is regarding finances? And do or you do not, you know, do you want to leverage your insurance? Those are really the things you've got to figure out. Um, and then when it comes to finding the doctor, start narrowing down based upon those three things. Um, when I started searching for my doctor, um, because the Veterans Administration was not the care facility that was going to really support me as a woman in the early to mid 2000s, um, and post having children, it was even more challenging because they don't they don't work with women who have children, or at least they didn't then. Um, can't say whether they do that now or not. Um, but I started looking at what what were my options in the DC metro area? Um, who was out there that kind of did a little functional medicine, who kind of was willing to consider taking insurance or at least helping me file my insurance claims. Um, and what I started doing is I, I started identifying different practitioners and I made appointments and I was very explicit when I made the appointment. This is not an appointment for me to do a physical with this provider. I'm do I'm interviewing this provider to determine if we are a good fit and we are a partnership going forward um, to help me manage and improve my health overall. And I think I did, I interviewed three different doctors, two who took insurance and one who didn't. I actually ended up settling on one of the providers who took insurance, was well rated by my insurance company, but who also kind of thought out of the box. Um, she's part of the ancestral health medicine community, um, very, very pro ancestral health, pro paleo, pro um, fasting. And she's modified her practice as she's learned more. Um, one of the things that I did when I sat down with her is I told her, I'm looking for a consultant. I want someone who can consult and make recommendations to me on what direction I should take my health based upon your experience. I'm paying you for your education to tell me what you think. Um, and then we can have a discussion about why I'm opposed to something or why I'm willing to consider something. And then I want you to give me research uh, regarding why I wanted, why you want me to do something or why you think I should consider something else versus the track I wanted to pursue. And the doctor I ended up with was very much open to that. And she said, yes, I'm, I am a consultant to your health. That I'm going to give, I'll give you my medical opinion. We'll talk about things. We'll make recommendations. And, you know, there are certain things that, you know, as we move on together, we'll build that relationship. And I was really, really fortunate. I want to, I want to insert something here because I hear this all the time. I love how you just said that. Um, the idea that you're looking for a doctor to consult with you. Because what I hear in our community, which I think is part of the reason why the system is so broken and it stays broken, is people people will say things, I'll hear women say things like, I just need a doctor to tell me what to do. I just want to find someone who's just going to fix me and tell me what to do. And I that thinking is what keeps us really stuck because we don't ever put ourselves in the driver's seat. We don't ever say, I'm going to be responsible for charting this course and I need people to advise me. 
but I'm going to listen to my own intuition. I'm going to do research on my own if I need to. I'm going to consult with the peer group. People do this all the time in the Healing Worthy Facebook group. They come in and here's the issue I'm dealing with. Um, what is your experience um, treating this issue? My doctor's telling me to do this. What do you think? Like, we have to put ourselves in that driver's seat and consult with doctors to help us navigate this, right? This The, the mindset of, I just need a doctor who's going to know and fix it. it I, I just don't know anyone that's successfully gotten better with that perspective, you know, but when you, when you go with a different energy, you get a completely different experience with your doctor. And I'm sure as a result of this, that Dr. Um, Mogisi has a lot of respect for you and the way you um, approach your own health and healing. Another thing I want to mention that's along these lines is if you don't have a doctor, that's going to be open to you evaluating, doing your own research. And is, if they're not going to be open to supporting you in that way, there's nothing you can do to convince them. So someone will come into the group and they'll say something like, I need the research to convince my doctor to X. It's, it's an impossible path. You'll waste so much time and money. You won't, you won't have the success that you're looking for. And every day the disease process is progressing for you, you know, and you're hoping to win this doctor over. You're hoping to convince doctors don't have the perspective. Most of them that their patient's going to teach them how to practice medicine right? That's just not their paradigm. So you need to find the doctor who is inclined to treat you and approach your healing in a way that's resonant for you. Otherwise you got to find a different doctor. So anyway, this is my opening. I, I love how you just framed that. And I, I can't, I, when I came into trying to fix my health, you know, as, as members of the community have heard my story and my struggles with the VA, and everything. I came from a different perspective. I was a government consultant. My job was to go in and consult in my area of expertise for the federal government. That's what I did. So as a consultant, it made sense to me to approach my doctor saying, I'm looking for you to be my medical consultant. I want your expertise to help me guide this path. And, you know, in the care I've received, um, Dr. Modisi and I have discussed several things like I have a genetic predisposition for um, abdominal aortic aneurysms. My grandfather died of one. And she, she and I have talked that as I age, a statin may be most appropriate if I am demonstrating signs and symptoms because that's what statins were developed to manage. And so she's like, we may need to approach that. I know you're not, that's not something you want to consider right now. But as you age, if we start seeing these signs and symptoms, we may need to re- reconsider this. And here's why. And she very much lays that information out for me. And we discuss it. And we come up with a plan. And sometimes the plan does not align with what health insurance and Center for Medicaid Medicare Services deem standards of care. Um, so I have familial high cholesterol. Well, the standard of care is I go on a statin. Um, we have taken 10 years of diet and exercise and have been able to manage that um, far better than if I had just taken the statin. So you've got to advocate for yourself. What are you comfortable with as a patient? We all have that comfort zone. We all know our body. Um, we all know what drugs work for us if we do require drugs. Um, and we know what ones don't. And so you have to be able to advocate for what works for you. And you have to- And not everyone knows. Like, I think that you're extra in tune with 
this whole subject matter, you know, I think this is why so many women are drawn to you, right? Because you are extra in tune to what's working and what's not working. I know there's a lot of women listening going, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is the best path for me. I don't know if this is really what I should be taking. I'm taking these drugs and I'm dealing with the side effects. I don't, I don't know a different path. So, you know, there's, if you, if you do have the certainty of what's working for you, I think that's great. And I also think there's this big gray area that a lot of us are trying to navigate where we're trying to figure out what are the other options? What else can we do besides take the statin, for example, right? And this, this is where taking personal responsibility, being part of a community that can support you as you navigate these things and, um, doing your own research can be really helpful and valuable. And in my experience, you know, my, I love my, my primary doctor. She's actually a nurse practitioner. I love her. And she's been really supportive over the last eight years, but I can tell you that the big breakthroughs I've had working with her were not necessarily her idea. Meaning, um, I would come to her saying, I've been doing research on Epstein-Barr and, um, I want to try this protocol to help me with it. Or um, I would go to her and say, hey, I just met with a doctor. We did a full gut test and I'm on a protocol. And I would report back, by the way, my Epstein-Barr hasn't reflared. I haven't had an Epstein-Barr reflare since 2018 or 19, which for me was awesome considering it was reflaring like, you know, all the time. But these breakthroughs really came from my advocacy. She's always been really supportive. She would run the labs. If a prescription needed to be written, she would write it for me. She would give me her perspective and opinion as I was, you know, researching different places. That's really what you want, I think, in in a primary yes. doctor. You want someone who is going to be your partner and help you assess. There's times that I brought things to her and said, what do you think about me taking, uh, following this protocol or this approach? And she would say, well, here's the concerns I see because she knows my history, right? Here's the concerns I see with that. I think I might do it this way. And a lot of times I, I concur, you know, I really appreciate that she gives me that perspective last year when I was so frustrated about the extra 18 pounds that I was carrying. And I knew something had to be going on in my body that we hadn't uncovered. And I went to her and pushed. She was, she was a yes to, all right, let's run the, the oat test and let's do a mycotoxin test and run a couple extra blood markers. And let's see if we can figure out what's really going on here. Right. But it wasn't her idea. And, and I, I think, think that's important to, mm-hmm. to understand that. Sometimes your provider's not going to have all the answers, um, but you want to have that relationship so you can Absolutely. have those conversations. Absolutely. And those conversations are very, very important. And having a doctor who's able, whether they're a nurse practitioner, an MD, or a PA, having them be able to say, you know what, I don't know. Let's figure this out. We might be able to find somebody who can help. Mm-hmm. That's really the important aspect. Um, and being able to ask those questions. And that's why the, the consultation, the consultant approach, I think is really, really important. Um, and you can find those primary care doctors who take insurance, who are open to that. I'm, I'm your, I'm your health, I'm your healthcare consultant. I'm going to make recommendations. You have a right to refuse because as a patient, one of your rights is you can refuse certain care, treatment, and medications. Yeah. That was is within your right. And a good provider is going to respect that and going to help you find another avenue. Yeah. And they'll be open to other providers providing input. So you just said something that, that brought to mind something else I think would be great for us to talk about um, in this conversation is this idea of informed consent. I can't tell you how many times someone's come in the Facebook group, especially, and talked about um, an experience they had, a side effect from a surgery. They had no idea it was even a possibility. Women that have had hysterectomies that now are dealing with um, 
um, really painful sex. They're they're ha- they're having issues with um, their entire pelvic region, things kind of collapsing and um, stuff that they they were not informed were possible side effects from the surgery. Um, there's there's a real problem around informed consent, and one of the I I did not know that there were these major issues or possibilities with my own reproductive system as a result of them removing the cyst, the, the ovarian cyst that I had along with my left ovary, which when we went into the surgery, we didn't know if, you know, we would need to remove the left ovary. Um, but there was, there was not a conversation to be had before about, all right, well, we're going to do this surgery and here's all the risks, right? There was no conversation about risk. So one of the things that I've realized in my own journey is I need to ask the risk questions. And I think it's really important that everyone really like takes a mental note of what I'm saying, whatever the procedure, if it's a prescription drug, if it's a surgical procedure, if they're wanting to remove body parts, especially, I remember talking to a surgeon, I have nodules on my thyroid. Um, and I remember talking to a surgeon about it. He never disclosed to me that to remove the nodules, he would have to take out part of my thyroid. I found that out with my own research and that I would be on thyroid medicine for the rest of my life. I didn't let him do the surgery, but informed consent, we're supposed to have informed consent in our country. If you're in the US and I think a lot of countries around the world actually follow the same idea too, but I think doctors get really, they're so, they get kind of numb to the risk associated with their procedures. They do them so much. It's so normalized in their world that, um, that they're not following the, the best basic ethics and rules of informed consent. And I think it's on us as patients to inquire, ask, do a little bit of our own research. Don't just assume that your doctor is telling you everything. Don't assume that your doctor has your best interest at heart. Meaning, I'm not saying that your doctor means you any harm, right? But they, they are moving so quickly from patient to patient. They're seeing so many people. They have their own stressors in their life that they don't, they, they skip stuff that's really, really important. And it's going to f- affect your world and your reality potentially for the rest of your life. You know, it's that informed consent. And I see, I've seen good examples working in the hospital of informed consent regarding procedures that are life-saving procedures, but with them come certain risks. Mm-hmm. And I've seen multiple doctors. I work with multiple doctors. Um, uh, the, the, the example I experience regularly is a cardiac catheterization where they're looking to go in and, and place a stent in someone who's had a heart attack and, uh, or are potentially they're they're showing coronary, um, artery disease type symptoms, and they don't know if the vessels are occluded. They haven't had a heart attack, but they're still showing symptoms. And I've seen some doctors say, well, yeah, there's risks and so forth and so on, but it's mostly a benign procedure. And then I've had other doctors go, well, the risks associated with this procedure can include stroke, death, paralysis, and they're going through the whole list. And they're saying, take your time, think about it. We're not doing it today. Um, we'll put you on the schedule for tomorrow. Tomorrow, I will come back in the morning and we'll discuss the informed consent. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the patients have been like, well, I'm not really sure if I should do this or not. And I said, you know what? As a patient, you have a right to refuse something. If it does not feel good to you, do not feel pressured. However, if you are concerned medically and you are concerned about the situation you are in, it might, those risks might be something you want to take. So mm-hmm. it's not my my position is just to stand here and say, if you want to, if you want to consent to this surgery after or this procedure before, I will sign it. If you don't, there's no big deal. I've had patients going, yes, I need to do this. And I've had patients go, you know, this just doesn't feel right. Right. And 
I've had some doctors say, you know, I don't understand. They're, they're at risk for this. They really need this procedure. And I have to go to them. I said, well, they have the autonomy to choose to pursue a procedure or not. I mean, we can do medical management. This is the important point. I just want everyone to take away from this conversation is you get to choose. It's your choice. So you should never feel pressured to take, to fill a prescription that your doctor gives you, to do a procedure that you're not comfortable with. If you need to ask more questions, if you need to explore, hopefully the doctor is really open to answering questions for you. If that doctor isn't open, go for a second opinion. If something in your gut isn't resonant saying yes, get a second opinion, get a third opinion if you need to. But we need to make these decisions consciously because a lot of them have lifelong consequences, right? And we just need to look out for ourselves. Don't bone this area in. Don't, well, the doctor told me to do it, right? I'm thinking of my cousin, Jan, who had fibromyalgia. She passed away a couple of years ago. I think she was 54 or something. Uh, she had fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis, diabetes, a whole host of things that crept up after her kids left. She had tons of childhood trauma that once her kids left and she didn't have that mom job anymore, now she has to be with herself and be with all of that. And she got really sick fast. And I remember talking to her about the medications that she was on and her response to me about even considering another path. Well, what if we could... What if we could reverse some of these symptoms with some diet and lifestyle changes? You know, what if there's other paths? She said to me, oh, I have to do what my doctor says. I have to take, they're going to drop me from my insurance if I don't do everything my doctor says. That's just not true. They can't do that. It's unethical. It's against your rights as a patient. So don't believe that lie. If you, if something inside of you believes that you have to do everything, you actually don't. If you need someone to give you permission to stand in your power, I'm giving you the permission right now. <laughs> you do not have to do it just because your doctor suggests it. You don't. And it's fine for you to say no. And you shouldn't be harassed. If, you're, if your doctor is harassing you after you tell him or her no, you need to find another doctor. I would say that if your doctor, your, any healthcare provider threatens to fire you or drop you from their plan or their, their services, okay. you probably do need to consider someone else. Yeah, totally. I agree. 100%. Totally agree. All right. Let's talk about how to find a doctor. You kind of glossed over it a little bit. I have had the dubious privilege of doing this for a lot of people. So I just want to leave people with some resources. So I just did a lot of research for my mom. We had to find a new primary care doctor for her in Oklahoma. It was actually very hard. I needed someone who would be open-minded because my mom is also on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. We were finding another doctor because her current primary doctor was very against it for her and really tried to put the fear of God in her about doing it. And so I wanted someone that would be open. Um, that also took Medicare, which is like, well, that's a, that's a hurdle finding a good doctor that takes Medicare in general. Yeah. Um, the women in our community, by the way, have had good success with this. So I don't want you to feel like if you're on Medicare that you can't find, find a good doctor because you can. Um, okay. but I spent three hours researching. I, I looked at, um, IFM, um, Institute for Functional Medicine's website. We're going to put all these in the show notes over healingrosie.com. So if you want these links, I'm going to make sure that they're, um, provided for you, but Institute of Functional Medicine is a good resource. Um, I actually like health grades. Health grades is great because there's patient reviews there. Um, you can see, I I, you can put in your insurance and see who takes your insurance. Most insurance websites will have a list of the doctors, but like, I want to, I want a little bit more information about how they practice. So I would look in my mom's area. Um, I believe on health grades, they let you do some distance stuff so that you can be real, um, deliberate about the area that you're actually searching in. And then I knew that a DO would be a more open-minded mainstream doc. So that was on my list. Um, and there's MDs too, um, that are good. And then sometimes it's, um, a naturopathic doctor. Um, if your insurance will cover naturopathic doctors, you can look for them, but I like health grades for this just because there's some other cross information that I can use, um, to find a good doctor. I would love to. I've noticed, um, of recent, um, 
because I've been, my husband's been asking for, he's like, I need to go back to a chiropractor. And so I've been going on verbal referrals. I've been looking on our insurance. And what's been really interesting is our insurance company um, and working for a healthcare system, a hospital system, I actually have really good insurance. Like, holy cow, I didn't know things were covered that were covered when you work for a health system because they really want to prevent you showing up in their system. But the they actually have reviews by patients that are in the health insurance that that are that use that insurance to see those providers and that's been really really helpful yeah try narrowing narrowing things down and looking at do they do x-rays and you know what type you know what do those appointments look like the first time and you can actually deduce whether a provider is going to be a match for you just by looking at what's on your health insurance website, health grades, as well as go ahead and look on Yelp. Mm-hmm. You would be surprised. <laughs> I mean, you think, oh, I could get a Yelp review for, um, you know, things like going to a restaurant. But Yelp has view- reviews on patients and doctors. And how long, so how long is the wait? How, how, how friendly and how helpful are the, the front desk staff? And are you able to get a e-visit scheduled quickly how long does it take you to get an in-person visit scheduled you would be surprised by just taking five ten minutes you can actually go out and figure out by like oh hey this is nice you can see people you can see the pictures of the facility um in a lot of cases on the yelp and google google reviews so and if you find a good doctor options. that you're curious about or maybe it's a good doctor if you find a doctor and you're searching you're like oh okay here's someone in my area they seem to be practicing what i need you can actually put their name in search with reviews and then websites will come up that have reviews for that doctor too. So yeah, it would have been great a decade ago when we were doing this to have so many <laughs> great ways to vet before you have to go in and do that first appointment, you know? Right. I mean, and you know, I, like I said, I, I picked three, three doctors that I went and I interviewed and ended up with the one I currently have. But I know the majority of the community in Healing Rosie is going five, six, seven, they're on their 10th doctor. Yeah. And they're not gaining that traction. Yeah. Um, you know, so we've got a... We, I really wanted to support these women and their families and figuring out how we can get them to that um, consultative doctor, that primary care doctor who's going to support them um, in their journey. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Let's talk about insurance. So sure. we actually have, a whole, I'm, we're building health, uh, health insurance 101. It's going to be released in the next few weeks. If you're on our mailing list, you'll get a notification about it when we're ready to launch. Um, inside of Healing Rose University, we have lots of training on health insurance. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about health insurance because I feel like you're kind of the mastermind behind this for all of us. Um, I've learned a lot from you about navigating health insurance and so many women in the community have learned so much from you about health insurance. Um, there's a couple of primary points I want to make. Um, and that, and, and then we go deeper in all these programs. We'd have a five hour podcast if we were to try to get into all of this stuff, but with your health insurance, it is, it is a myth that you can't find any good doctors to take your health insurance um, or you can't leverage your health insurance with your doctors. There's absolutely ways to do that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about that um, during this interview. And um, there's a lot of things that are outside the box that, that people want to have covered that if you call your health insurance company and say, is this covered? They might say no, but you can still get it covered. So let's just take those two nuggets just to Give people an idea of what's possible so that they, you know, just expand what you believe, your belief in this area. Because I want, I want all of you to be able to get the help and support you need. So 
So you, in order to leverage your health insurance, you have to understand the type of insurance you have. Um, do you have a health management organization like Kaiser? Or are you going through um, Department of Defense uh, TRICARE or Veterans Administration? Those are probably the three most challenging health insurances to get things covered because their goal is to reduce cost. So they want to do the minimum because they want to keep costs down. So those, when you're, when you're picking your health insurance, you need to be cognizant at open enrollment. What are my options? What am I selecting? Your preferred private provider organizations and your um, health um, savings accounts or your high deductible plans are going to give you more flexibility and they tend to cover more, but you got to pay a little more out of pocket for those um, until you meet your deductibles. So if you understand the type of insurance you have, you'll be better off figuring out how to leverage what you have. Um, that said, if you have uh, HMO, you can still able to leverage those services but you might have to do things like do outside labs to demonstrate that, yes, you do have issues with your thyroid. You do have issues with some other thing going on that require additional follow-up. Because um, sometimes if, they, if things look normal, they're not going to pursue it in those organizations. But if you can demonstrate you're outside normal, they will start looking. Um, so that's one thing you have to consider. Um, and once you've figured out what your what type of insurance you have, you need to figure out what's covered. So if you need something, you need some sort of additional care, you need um, pre-authorization for something. I always think it's important to send an email or a letter um, or through the electronic chat systems that are now there that they keep a record of um, that indicate these are the things I'm having, this is what I'm having a problem with, what is covered. Um, so as I've entered many perimenopause, um, my migraines have gotten a lot worse. Um, and I don't really respond to most migraine drugs. I'm very limited on the options. So I messaged my health insurance company and I said, what are my options for managing migraines? And they said, well, you can do beta blockers. You can do, um, Dep Depakote or Topamax or amitriptyline, um, or you can consider Botox. Um, if you've tried any of those and they don't, uh, you know, if you're not, if you haven't tried any of those medications, you have to try those medications before you can consider Botox. Well, I had a history of asthma, so I can't take a beta blocker because it puts me at risk for asthma attacks. Um, I have tried Depakote and Topamax unsuccessfully, um, for multiple years when I was with the VA, um, and had adverse reactions to those. So I'm now met the qualifications to be considered taking Botox for migraines fully covered by my health insurance. So what you're saying right now, I want everyone to, I want everyone to hear. I'm going to, I'm going to mark it with a highlighter. Gretchen, I've seen her do this the whole time I've known her. When she wants something covered, she calls the insurance company and she asks. It is interesting. The worst thing they can I do know. is say no. Right. People, like you can ask, you can actually you can, they're going to tell you how to get something covered. They're going to tell you. Yes. They if will. you want to know how to get something covered or if something is covered, you need to call them and ask. Now, if you get to the point where the, what you want to pursue, they say, this is not covered. What do you do? 
So a, a great example is my kids. Um, we were looking at trying to get palatal expanders covered, um, especially for my son, because he was having severe ear infections. He ha- was having a lot of issues. And um, I talked with the, de- the biological dentist we see. I talked with my son's otolaryngologist and she was like, oh, I've seen research that if we do a palatal expander, not only will it open the station's tubes, it will also um, prevent obstructive sleep apnea long-term. And she, she wrote up a two-page letter. She, and she's like, I will write you a letter that requests them to cover this um, for your kids. And she wrote up a two-page letter. She cited all the research. And we've been asking, we've been talking back and forth with United Healthcare. Um, unfortunately, they declined to cover it. However, I found out through working with my dentist um, that approximately four years later, United Healthcare started covering palatal expanders 100% because of the research that's out there that shows it prevents sleep apnea. It can prevent additional diseases that can cost more money in the long run. So you may not get it covered, but ask, always ask. And I will tell you this, if you're looking to pursue um, something, say, you know, you want to pursue a certain type of care or a certain type of treatment, and they keep denying it. My my first question is, who is the medical expert in this in this region of care? So if you're looking for endocrinology, who is the endocrinologist that looked at this, that looked at the research that determined that this is not appropriate for coverage? Nine times out of 10, they didn't have a subject matter expert review the claim or the request. When you ask them for the subject matter expert to do the review, they will nine times out of 10 approve it. And it just, the worst thing you can do, (laughs) the worst thing that can happen is they say no. So what if the subject matter expert reviews and they decline? So that's one of those things. And it depends. They have to, those subject matter experts have to cite specifically why it's not appropriate for coverage, so forth and so on. Um, In my experience, I've rarely seen a subject matter expert um, decline something. And a lot of times the insurance companies don't actually have that subject matter expert on staff. So then they have to go out and hire somebody. So just asking that question, who was the subject matter expert, the medical provider that you had in endocrinology with a specialization in bioidentical hormones for the management of migraines? Review this. And nine times out of 10, they're going to say, we don't have one and we can't afford one. And they're just going to go, it's cheaper to approve it than to hire the subject matter expert. Is this a requirement by law that they have a subject matter expert? It's not necessarily a requirement, but they're supposed to have somebody who is a, if you're doing endocrine stuff, you're requesting endocrine, they're supposed to have an endocrinologist review the request Mm -hmm. or the denial. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't always have those experts on their staff. Yes. You know, nine times out of 10, the people that are, denying the claims are individuals who work for the health insurance company. They may or may not have a background in medicine as a doctor, a nurse, nurse practitioner, a physician assistant. They may not have any background, but they've got a checklist and they're going through the checklist and they're reviewing the checklist. And if it doesn't meet the checklist, they're not going to approve it. Mm -hmm. So you've got to ask and you have to pursue. You have to be diligent. Yeah. You have to keep asking. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, this has been so juicy. I love that you've come on and whet all of our appetite for what's possible. Um, I am a I am a believer in all of this stuff because it's radically changed my life, learning how to advocate well for myself. And I love that you are such a stand for that for all of us um, advocating. And not only are you a stand for it for us, but you show us how to do it. So thank you so much, Gretchen, for spending time with us today. I love it. You guys, we're going to see a lot more of Gretchen. Uh, we have health insurance secrets coming out. Um, so you guys will be able to get some really great training from her. If you're in Healing Rose University, you've already seen some of the awesome training we have. So um, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you soon. Glad to join you guys. Have a great day. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you're feeling more empowered to overcome your flabby, foggy, and fatigue and to reclaim your life. If you haven't subscribed yet, don't forget to hit that subscribe button right now so you don't miss any of our episodes. We have some awesome shows coming right up. I love reading your reviews and comments too. They inspire me and encourage other Rosies to hang out with us and learn all these amazing strategies for healing and living our best lives. Till next time, sister. Bye. Bye.